can't do that. I wasn't even... We're in flight. That is, that is physically impossible. How did... Tell me where I am. I demand you tell me right now, where am I? Inside the TARDIS. What? The TARDIS. What? The TARDIS. The what? It's called the TARDIS. That's not even a proper word. You're just saying things. How did you get in here? Well, obviously, when you kidnapped me. Who was it? Who's paying you? Is it Neris? Oh, my God, she's finally got me back. This has got Neris written all over it. Who the hell is Neris? Your best friend. Hold on, wait a minute. What are you dressed like that for? I'm going to him in bowling. Why do you think, Dumbo? I was halfway up the aisle. I've waited all my life for this. Seconds away and then you, I don't know, you drug me or something. I haven't done anything. I'm having the police on you. Me and my husband, as soon as he is my husband, we're going to sue the living backside off you. You're in space, outer space. This is my spaceship. It's called the TARDIS. How am I breathing? The TARDIS is protecting us. Who are you? I'm the Doctor. You? Donna. Human? Yeah. Is that optional? This for me. You're an alien. Yeah. Live from Donna's wedding reception, this is Doctor Who Podshot. Well, I've roamed about this earth with just a suitcase in my hand. And I've met some bug-eyed Joes I've met the blessed I've met the damned But of all the strange, strange creatures In the air, at sea, on land Oh my girl, my girl, my precious girl I love you, you understand So reel me in, my precious girl Well come on, take me home Cause my body's tired of traveling this is Doctor Who Podshock episode 62 for the very last day of 2006. This is uh, December 31st, 2006. My name is Ken Deep alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. And joining us today from Toronto, Canada is Mr. Mike Duran. Hey guys, uh, good to close out the year with you. And MIA for this episode is Mr. James Norton. Yes, he's um he's in transit, I believe. He's, um... he's on assignment, is what they always say about reporters. <laughs> he's on assignment. He should he would have been here, but he I think his travel plans got delayed, and um, unfortunately he's not. So, but he will be back. You're not. Hopefully, uh, sooner than later. So yeah, this is the last day of 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 2006. Um, Interesting year. Lots of, um, unfortunately, in our podcast, we report on on many passings. We won't, you know, rehash that all like every other show does at this time of the year. But <laughs> but we had uh, an, another series of of Doctor Who, and David Tennant um, now has a complete series under his belt, and uh, we're about to see 
his second series and the, the third series or the 2007 series or whatever you want to call it, um, very shortly. We saw Runaway Bride last week and um, some coming attractions for for the next series, which looks looks um, fairly interesting, as always. Yeah, I yes, can't... Im- sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, sorry, Ken. I can't imagine a better time to be a Doctor Who fan. Uh, perhaps the only thing that would make it better is if I was 10 years old again. <laughs> uh, but uh, other than that, being a Doctor Who fan in 2005, 2006, 2007, I think it's uh, possibly the best we've ever had it. Uh, absolutely. We have the the classic series that we can still enjoy, and, and they're seeing um, a wonderful restoration on, on DVD with, with plenty of extras. And then the new show has, uh, I think, has exceeded everybody's expectations. We all hoped the show would be great, uh, and it's been great and great, great. So. And then we have an abundance of spinoffs. We have Torchwood, oh. we have Sarah Jane Smith Adventures, um, and, um, and a canine uh, CGI slash live action show in the works as well. So um, there's plenty of new material out there. Sycorax rocks! <laughs> Toys, um, both in uh, the UK and, and now in North America, and it's um, it's like, well, as Mike said, it's an exciting time, and this is something that Ken has been saying from day one here on Doctor Who Podshock, that it's an exciting time to be a Doctor Who fan, and it just um, continues to be. And just today, they started a new... Uh new series of Eighth Doctor audios on BBC Radio 7. Uh, first episode was on tonight. Really? And that's I think there's going to be eight, eight Eighth Doctor uh, episodes in that with, uh, with Paul McGann, and they're being produced by Big Finish, but they're uh, being broadcast for free online or over digital radio if you're in the UK. N- now, these uh, are new, new adventures? In other words, they haven't been released on CD previously from Big Finish? Uh, absolutely brand new with a new companion. Uh, and... Uh, I think you'll be able to buy them on CD if you want, uh, but you can also just listen in for free with, uh, uh, with uh, the BBC radio player. Wow. And the first one was on uh, tonight at 6 o'clock UK time with the, the Blood of the Daleks. Wow. So it's, uh, they're, uh, they're going all out this yeah. holiday season with, with New Who. Awesome. And tomorrow, our time, Sarah Jane spinoff premieres. Yes, it's at... Um... 4:50 p.m. UK time on um on uh, 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 the first of uh, January. As Ken says, tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, as of this recording, two double o seven. Dana, Dana. Oh boy. <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night, so I must apologize if I'm a little wackier than normal. Uh, right, quick, so, um, I know we're going to jump into news, but I wanted to do a, a very quick convention update, mostly because um, th- some guests have just been announced. For, yeah. We, um, yeah I, go ahead. No, no, no. We, ahead, were, we were talking about this earlier, um, I'm assuming. Gallifrey won yes. uh, the 18th Amendment, uh, just uh, listed some new guests, so I thought this would be uh, you know, pretty relevant, being that the, the convention is coming up. February 16th, 17th, and 18th, 2007, at the LAX Airport Marriott in Los Angeles, California. Colin Baker, Caroline John, Eric Roberts uh, will be there. Uh, Terry Malloy, Jeffrey Beavers, Maggie Stables, Tom uh, McRae, Stephen Moffat, and Mike Tucker. The Mike Tucker. Amongst yes. others. 
Well, the, the the others are it's sort of a Doctor Who slash Lost in Space convention in a sense because there's um, many guests from Lost in Space that are also appearing. Yeah, it looks to be a, another good convention. I go I go to LA every year for Gallifrey, and I'm looking f- certainly looking forward to this year's. It's it's always worth attending. And uh, to many of our listeners uh, who responded to our need for the Blake Seven, um, Cult of Blake Seven documentary, thank you so much. Yeah, it's so weird. It was just like a couple days before we recorded, it was um, a, a flight to the UK for <laughs> was showing that <laughs> in transit that we caught. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so now we've but, both seen it, so we will be doing, uh, just to let everybody know, officially... The Blake Seven podcast spinoff, one-off, is on deck. Yeah, it hasn't been recorded yet, so... <laughs> but I'm but, holding Lewis to it, because we've already agreed that we're meeting this week to do it. So. Yep. When, where, and how, still on Still hasn't been established. <laughs> so, All right, well, let's, let's but, talk about the, the biggest thing of the week, is Runaway Bride. All okay, right, that so brought next... the house down. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're going to do a review of Runaway Bride in our feature segment. All right, so she's she just kicking me to the curb I'm right now. I'm not kicking you. I just kicking don't... me right to the curb. All right, then you, you talk about the news. Well, the, well there was, was uh, some nasty rumors this week that, that David Tennant was going to quit the show in the middle of Series 4. That's right. It was, I think, it was one of the tabloid sites had reported on this and it was the always credible and accurate son i believe i believe you are correct and um and it's reporting that robert car carlisle if i'm pronouncing his last name um is 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 um slated to take over the part supposedly now um this is all where they got their information from is anybody's guess first of all this is saying the the report is saying that this is going to be that that david Tennant would be leaving in the middle of series for the 2008 series um, for this series hasn't even been commissioned by the BBC yet. So, um, and besides, we always figured that um, after three years, David Tennant will probably most likely be moving on. Three years seems to be, um, you know, an acceptable term. Um, most doctors, most actors that played the Doctor, um, <laughs> has stayed on for three years and moved on, um, with some exceptions, of course. Well, in more modern times, it seems to be three years. Well, well even going yeah. back to William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton, um, mm-hmm. they were three years termers. <laughs> I'm making this up as I go along. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the BBC has officially denied it, which now makes us think that it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i say we shouldn't even be worried about it so much until you know we get series three out and you know that that hasn't even been transmitted yet and like i said the bbc hasn't even commissioned series four yet so you know we'll worry about this uh, this time next year and um you know and like i said it's really not the first time we've heard you know these talks about David Tennant leaving, and um, supposedly he's been getting movie offers and whatnot. And you know, and and as I just said, so um, if he, if he hasn't really announced that he was going to stay on the role for X amount of years, I know when Colin Baker first got the role, he was saying you know he was going to be on for at least eight years, and unfortunately that hasn't come to be. That didn't come to be, but 
but David Tennant never said that he's committed to a certain amount of time playing the role, but he is a, he is committed to the part, he's committed to the series, and uh, he's a fan of the series, and um, so let's, um, you know, let's not rush to conclusions that, you know, they're already casting someone to take over from for in a series that hasn't even, you know, been commissioned yet. Yeah, I think having, uh, I think all the stuff about Robert Carlyle is uh, pretty speculative, uh, if when it comes to Tennant himself, if 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 somebody told us though that David Tennant's going to leave at some point in his third series at the beginning, sorry at the at the middle or at the end, I don't think any of us would be really shocked. It's just uh, a little too early to really worry about it. We you know at the very least, if it comes true, we got another season and a half of David Tennant, uh, uh, or if it's not true at all, then 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 why worry? I think yeah. uh, I mean it appeared in Sarah Nathan's column in the Sun. And so I think that there's, there's almost always a grain of truth that starts these stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it necessarily that it is true, but there's, there'd be some reason that she would write that in her column. I don't think she sat down one day and just made the whole thing up from scratch. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, it's an equivalent, except that, that she is a, a professional journalist, but it is the equivalent. Now, we, as Doctor Who fans who have been following um, the show and David Tennant in particular over the last couple of years, we all have heard, and it's kind of been sort of an unwritten thing that he said, I'm going to do probably do three years. Now, she takes a little nugget of information like, I'll probably do three years, and turns it into, he's leaving in series four. Yeah. How hard is that to do? You know, it's, it, it, it's just, so there's the nugget of truth, Mike. The nugget yeah. of truth is David Tennant has made mention that he's probably going to do three years. But because she's a journalist, she's allowed to turn that into he's leaving in series four. Well, it it wouldn't surprise me if if they did have the Doctor leave before the last episode of the series. Maybe not right at the halfway point, but it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, just like back when when Peter Davison left and Colin Baker had one story at four episodes to to settle in. Something like that really wouldn't surprise me. Uh, But it's obviously not in stone at this point. Uh, if that does end up happening, uh, that's the that's the story. Uh, you know, these, these you, know, you get you they get this little bit of information, and and, and they, it's it's like the BBC has it all planned exactly uh, at this point. And I don't think they have it quite anything. You know, until it's shot, it's not planned exactly. And and right now, uh, I guess there's probably scripts out there for series four, but they'd be pretty in, in still in pretty early stages. And and as as you both said, I mean, it hasn't even been commissioned yet. Officially. Yeah, the third, the third mm-hmm. series hasn't aired yet. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. um, it's. Uh, but what happens is they get, they get four words of information, a, the smallest little nugget that wouldn't fill a classified ad, and she has to write an entire article on it or part of an article on it. Now, we're, so we're what not, you do, you fill. I mean, we're not denying or confirming it. We're just saying don't get all excited about it until, you know, I, like I said, wait another year and then we can, you know, weigh this and, and you know, and see where, where we go from here. Yeah, wh- why worry? All it proves is that Doctor Who sells newspapers. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, the, that's all it really proves. <laughs> well, in other um, news happening um, this past week since our last show, um, John Barrowman, we had reported on this in the past that, that he had planned on tying the knot with his um, long-term partner, um, Steve, no, Scott Gill, of 16 years, and he has done that with a, in a ceremony on the 27th of December. It was a private um, um, ceremony, but 40 people are attending. 
we wish him well and um it's great that um that, that he's doing it well, he's done it <laughs> it's it's uh, funny it was such... it's, it's been a news item for for a while that, that this was uh was happening so finally come to be yeah, it's yeah. funny it was such a small ceremony as when he was on Jonathan Ross a couple months back he he announced the location to millions of viewers surprised more people didn't try and uh, crash the ceremony <laughs> <laughs> see now if you did it on instead of the 27th did it on the 24th it could have been a parallel to the prince to the um, the runaway bride but <laughs> well I'm, from personal experience I have to put in a vote for getting married on December the 24th because that's my wedding anniversary oh yeah so. that's right <laughs> So the Runaway Bride had a special um, meeting for you in more ways than one. Actually, it did. And, uh, you know, by no mistake, I was on holiday on December the 24th. Well, um, happy anniversary. Thank you. Yes, happy anniversary. So, in well, uh, other, other news items, in, Lewis? Well, in other news items, um, coming from Outpost Gallifrey, we, can, uh, oh, we should sound off a possible spoiler alert here. Uh, because um, if you don't want to know anything about the next series, Series 3 or the 2007 series or whatever you like to call it, Series 28 or 29 or season, whatever. Um, David Tennant's second season. <laughs> yeah. Go on and on. Uh, <laughs> a Series 3 update from Outpost Gallifrey. Um, early details have been revealed about Series 3 in the pages of the next issue of Doctor Who magazine, specifically that uh, the titles for four of the next season's episodes um, and some additional casting news. Uh, the title for episode four is Daleks in Manhattan. A recent trailer for the series three at the end of Runaway Bride confirmed the Daleks would return in the new series. This episode is set in 1930s New York and is written by script editor Helen Raynar. Uh, there is currently no information on the title for episode five, the second half. So obviously that's a, a, a two-parter and um, set in 1930s New York. And I know Ken and I were talking pre, you know, before the show that we're pretty excited about that, being New Yorkers ourselves. Yeah, being New Yorkers. <laughs> and, and the 30s is always a, a great era in New York. Uh, you know, so many classic black and white movies taking place in that era. Even if you weren't alive in that time, uh, everyone can get a sense of the feel of New York at that time from movies too numerous to, to even name. Though I would have preferred the title Daleks Take Manhattan better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chance. And, and uh, based on DWNY's website, uh, they have um, a photo gallery of Daleks in Manhattan. And I'm just wondering if, if that inspired some of, the, uh, some of the production people to say, let's where do we have the Daleks Take Manhattan? Although this will be their second visit to Manhattan. Uh, That's true. Uh, they were on top of the Empire State Building. Sure. In uh, uh, continuing an update about the next series, episode six is the Lazarus Experiment, and this episode features Mark Gaddis as Doctor Lazarus. So, as you may recall, um, Mark Gaddis um, has written in the past for Doctor Who, and now he's in. He's going to be. Um, he, he's going to be featured in this. Um, it, in the series three trailer, Gaddis was seen both on um, as his own age and in makeup, depicting a much older person. The Lazarus Experiment is written by Stephen Greenhorn, and uh, the title for the first episode, number eight of Poor Cornell's two-part story, hasn't been revealed, but episode nine has. It's the Family of Blood. This two-parter features the previously mentioned ja uh, Jessica Stevenson as Joan. Uh, new, ca new cast listings include. Har Harry Lloyd as um, Jeremy 
um, Baines, uh, Thomas um, Sangster as Tim Latimer, Tom Palmer as Hutchinson, Pip Torrance um, as uh, Rowcastle, uh, Rebecca Staten as Jenny, um, Gerald Hornan as Clark, Lauren Wilson as Lucy Cartwright, and Matthew White as Phillips. It has long been rumored that Cornell's two-parter is, is an adaptation of, of human nature, the, a novel he penned for Virgin Publishing as a part of the New Adventures line. The casting information makes this possible. The casting information makes this seem almost certain as uh, these characters, Joan, Tim Hutchinson, Roy Castle, Lucy, appear in the novel. Episode ten by Stephen Moffat is still untitled, but features the cast features in its cast Ian Boldsworth and Richard Cant. Well, why can't he? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, in that um, Daleks in Manhattan episode, uh, Star Wars fans will be pleased to know that. Hugh Quagshire, who played Captain Panaka in uh, the new Star Wars trilogy, will be uh, one of the guest stars on that. And that was uh, actually reported on TheForce.net in addition to uh, various Doctor Who sites and the BBC website as well. Cool. And a lot, very exciting. Yeah, a lot of people might know uh, Jessica Stevenson, who's playing Joan from the series she did with Simon Pegg, who was the editor in the long game, uh, Spaced, which is a real uh, cult favorite yeah about uh, science fiction comic fans done uh, probably about six, I think seven years ago on Channel 4. And so it's good to see her, uh, her mm -hmm. coming. She's also, she had a cameo in Shaun of the Dead. Uh -huh. And uh, so she, I think she's quite familiar to a lot of uh, yeah. uh, sort of uh, fans of British cult science fiction. Yes. And uh, just wrapping up, uh, episode 11 is written by Russell T. Davies is entitled Utopia. No further information on that, but uh, once again, this information comes uh, that from... That gives it all away, Lewis. <laughs> this comes from Outpost Gallifrey, and we thank Outpost Gallifrey for, um, for the info, and we have some news, some big news about Outpost Gallifrey, which we're going to wait until our next episode to talk more about. Yeah. One thing about uh, noticing their episode 10 by Stephen Moffat, uh, I'd heard a rumor a while back that uh, Stephen Moffat would be writing the, the double-back episode, the episode... Uh, either without the Doctor or with very little of the Doctor uh, this year. And it's interesting that uh, on, on this episode list, that slots in as episode 10, which last year was the episode with very little of the Doctor. Mm. Uh, so maybe that, uh, that rumor heard way back is going to turn out to be true. As, as long as Stephen doesn't include any talking slabs of concrete, I'll be happy. <laughs> I'm well, sure it's the, the first on his list. The question that I'm, I'm most... Um, curious and concerned about is uh, if we're going to break the pattern that we've seen on, in season one and in series one and series two with the whole first one is um, you know the rose-like episode and the second one is the off to the future and the third one is back in time and the, the two-parter and then the two-parter bad guy comes back in the two-part season finale and are we getting away from that pattern and I, and I really don't want this show to jump the shark by going back to that pattern this year uh, is, is it's something that really does worry me and, and I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, we did see a touch of that and we'll, we'll go in, into this further on our review of mm. the runaway bride but there were certain elements of the runaway bride that were very Christmas invasion yes um, yes okay it's 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 a pretty fair assumption that it's the Christmas one-off it's going to take place on Christmas those kind of things um, 
are pretty much givens, but there are other things that are controllable that you can change, and those are the things that, again, when we get into the review, we'll talk about that a little more, but it, after seeing The Runaway Bride, the question of the third season pattern is, is starting to concern me. Well, I, I don't recall hearing, now this, this latest information tells us what's happening episodes f roughly as 4 through 11. Uh, we've already heard about episodes 1 and 2, uh, 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 but I don't think we've heard anything about episode 3 anywhere, which is, uh, which is interesting when you look at that pattern, because yeah. mm -hmm. episode 2, it sounds like, is going to be the going back in time, yeah. uh, but I don't see a, an end of the world uh, uh, kind of episode there right at the start of the season this time. I don't know and, uh, why. Uh, make no mistake about it. If they make the historical one the second and the future one the third, that doesn't count as breaking the pattern. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Just, just because you reverse yeah. the number does not mean that the pattern isn't there. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, you know, if, it, if, it, if it stays with, okay, um, the Ice Warriors are rumored to be the, the baddie this year. The Ice Warriors do a two-parter. Then the Ice Warriors come back and battle the Daleks. You know, it's like, no. Well, we do know one pattern that's going to remain the same, unfortunately, is that we're having an abundance of Earth-based stories. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't see that pattern breaking um, anytime soon. Well, it's, it, it's not going to, so it's... Yeah. I still can complain about. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, I, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't know how you could slot, the, hearing about the episodes 8 and 9, uh, and... Uh, that it's rumored to be the adaptation of Human Nature, which is a book uh, back in 1995. I don't see how you can fit any traditional monsters into that story. So I'm not. I, I'm I think we may see the pattern broken. I'm not familiar with that story. Can you enlighten us on Human Nature um, without giving anything away, really? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, not knowing how much of it is going to make it to the screen, but it's it's a very um, very character oriented story of of the Doctor. Living on Earth. That's, that's, that's about as much as I would want to say. Uh, and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of <laughs> emotion. pretty much sums up every episode of the, of the new um, series. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not the, doctor, not the Doctor visiting Earth, but the Doctor living on Earth for a period. Mm. As is, the, is, is sort of how that goes. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how much of that will, will come through to the screen. As we've seen before, when they, when they talk about an episode being adapted, say, from an audio, uh, very little has made it. Uh, by the final by the final drafts, sort of uh, like on, a jubilee and and Dalek episode of two thousand five. Ex exactly, I know that was the genesis of it, uh, but in the end, they're very different stories. The yeah. only the only thing in common was that they featured a single Dalek. It's, yeah, and the same writer, of course. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think that uh, I think for Ken, you know, we may see a, a breaking of that that pattern for series three. Well, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I want that more than anything else because it's 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 the future of the show is dependent on them breaking that pattern. What I don't think that we will see the break. I'm sure that when it comes around to us hearing more about twelve and thirteen, I'm sure it's going to be a huge, big, you know, fabulous finale. I don't think that pattern's ever going to break. But in terms of the the monsters, the way the way they've done it, the first two, I'm, I'm not sure we'll see that again. Yeah. But you want you want a big season finale every year. I mean, I don't mind I don't mind seeing that. And again, you know, when you talk about season finales, yes, you expect it to be over the top and and be grand. That's the point of it being a season finale. That part I don't have a problem with. It's the the other the other parts of the pattern. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you told me the only thing that's the same this season is the fact that there's a well, two part 
mega conclusion, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, we, we know they're introducing um, an alien. Um, the ju- I'm, I'm just going by memory. The Juglin, the whatever, the, the rhinoceros. The Jadun. The rhinoceros-like yeah. aliens, whatever. So if they appear somewhere mid-season and then appear again for the season finale, you know the pattern is there. <laughs> Yeah, the Jadun who look a lot like Santarans when yeah, they have the helmets the, on. <laughs> when with the helmets on, I thought they were going to be Santarans, and then uh, but I'm glad they're not because Santarans aren't rhinoceros, and I just didn't want them to reinvent the Santarans. So, um, you know, I rather I would like to see the Santarans back, but I want to see them, you know, given their proper due and be real Santarans. Yeah, well, they're gonna have, if they do bring the Santarans back, they'll have to put them in some different outfits now. Yeah, maybe they're they're sharing the same tail or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they they both got the same outlet malls for their outfits. <laughs> the big and tall shops. <laughs> Short and stubby shops. And yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think Mike now has some news that he wants to report. That's right. We've got a few different updates uh, with, uh, with regards to what's happening in Canada. Uh, first of all, probably the biggest news is that BBC Kids, who the the cable satellite channel that shows uh, the classic series... After many years of fans saying they'd like Doctor Who broadcast earlier, uh, are moving the weekday broadcasts uh, to uh, prime time. Uh, they had been airing in the middle of the night, which is great if you can record it, but perhaps not uh, so great if you can't record it and you're working the next morning. Mm-hmm. So starting on January, on, on Monday, on, uh, January 1st, January 2nd, uh, they're going to be moving uh, from uh, 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific to... Uh, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific uh, every night. Uh, two episodes of Doctor Who. They're currently showing the Peter Davison stories, and then we'll follow on with Colin Baker after that. And those are repeated at uh, 2 and 5 Eastern, and then 11 and uh, 2 Pacific. So you get three, three chances to watch two episodes of, of Peter Davison every night uh, in January. And the, the weekend broadcasts are going to stay the same, though. Uh, they're currently on Sylvester McCoy, and they show a they show a complete story every Saturday night, every Sunday night, at 2 a.m. Eastern, and again at 11 p.m. Pacific. Uh, they're on, as I said, they're on Sylvester McCoy right now, and they're going to go back to John Pertwee. I think with the, I think with the seven episode John Pertwee stories, they actually divide them up over two nights, uh, but uh, with uh, longer stories, they show a full story, and they do it in episode format, which is really nice. They don't uh, they don't show a compilation movie; they show one one hour, one episode every half hour. I like that. So you still get the cliffhanger, then they go to a commercial break, and then then you come back with the next episode. Uh, so I know that I know there's some people on the forums we were talking before uh, on the the, the Galfrey MC forums about the time the time slot for Doctor Who and the fact that it's on so late at night. So I think uh, people that watch BBC Kids will be happy about that move. Um, uh, as for the CBC, uh, Doctor Who's still on Christmas hiatus right now for another couple weeks. It will be back on January 15th with the Satan Pit. Uh, for Series 2. Uh, they haven't done a really good job, I think I mentioned this before on the hiatus, they haven't done a really good job uh, communicating to viewers when Doctor Who is coming back. It, it went off with The Impossible Planet back in December, and, and that's I understand that uh, hiatus, uh, they've got Christmas programming, pretty much all the networks don't broadcast new shows over Christmas, uh, so I understand that. Uh, but they didn't say when Doctor Who was coming back, so every week, on Monday and Tuesday, and this past week, Wednesday, the, the search function on cbc.ca is inundated by people looking for Doctor Who, and every week Doctor Who is the number one searched item. 
And I'm sure that has to be because people that the half million people that watch Doctor Who are coming into the website and, and saying, where's the show? When's it coming back? Uh, and uh, unfortunately, again, the CBC, they, they're not running any ads for Doctor Who right now with, with that information. They didn't air any, any information when the show went off the air back in December. I say back in December, it's still December, but back at the start of the month. And also, they haven't updated their website to indicate when Doctor Who comes back. So hopefully those those dedicated viewers that are tuning in every Monday hoping for Doctor Who will keep tuning in every Monday until such time as, as the show does come back. Uh, Maybe one, they can contact um, CBC and demand it. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I hope I hope so. There are on on the C, at cbc.ca there is uh, email and uh, phone numbers and, and addresses you can write to. And I've, uh, I mean, I've, I've called the, the viewer relations area and as well as sent an email. And, you know, politely, I thanked them for airing Doctor Who. I'm, you know, I'm happy. I still love seeing that, uh, even on The Runaway Bride, co-produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, they just uh, need to do a little better job of communicating with the viewers in Canada to let us know when the show's coming back. Uh, I have the advantage of, of, of knowing through, through doing news and such, uh, but you know, hundreds of thousands of people in Canada watch Doctor Who, and they don't all, uh, all have access. Not everybody visits the Outpost yeah. Gallifrey or the mm -hmm. Dwin website or, or Gallifrey and Embassy every week to check in on this information. That's just, just the fans that yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. One thing they have announced, though, which is, uh, which is nice, is they're going to be giving the Eccleston series a fourth airing on CBC uh, starting on the night of the Friday, January 19th at midnight. So really, it's first thing in the morning on Saturday, January 20th. And every Friday at midnight, they're going to run uh, series one over again. And that's wow. a fourth nationwide uh, network airing of, of Doctor Who. I don't think any other network in the world has run, run it for a uh, mainstream broadcast network. I know there are cable networks, obviously, that yeah. have run it more than once. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's nice. Uh, we're going to get a fourth airing. Kind of odd that they're going to do it while Series 2 is still on. But maybe there'll be some knock-on. Maybe some people will discover the show Fridays at midnight and then start tuning in Mondays at 8 to see the newer episodes if, if they cross-promote them. That's kind of a, a cult classic kind of time slot, you know, Fridays at midnight and a little weekend madness kind of thing, midnight madness, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll garner a new audience. Yeah, exactly. It's the, they've, uh, it'll be, as I said, it'll be the fourth time they've aired it, uh, but every time they've aired it, they've aired it in a different time slot. Uh, Tuesday nights uh, at 8, Sunday nights at 7, Tuesdays at midnight, and now Fridays at midnight. Uh, so every time, perhaps they've had a chance to, to pick up a different viewership. Uh, and finally, or almost finally, uh, if, if people haven't heard, the, the, the Region 1 Series 2 box set that comes out in the United States on January 16th is being delayed until February 6th in Canada because the CBC is still broadcasting Series 2. And understandably, uh, they, you know, they put a lot of money into co-producing the show. They don't want them coming out on DVD uh, the last five episodes before they've aired on the network. So we're going to have to wait about three extra weeks. Uh, to get those DVDs, mm -hmm. uh, which, which all things considered is better than the five months that, oh, yeah. uh, th that <laughs> happened last year when, when the delay was reversed, the, where we got it and then you guys had to wait until well, July. I, I bought mine in Canada, so I didn't have to wait. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I'm, I, I guess some people in Canada might now get it from the States, uh, depending mm. on the cost. I suspect with just a few weeks, uh, not as many yeah. people uh, or not, not as high a percentage are going to be inclined to do that. Yeah, I mean, last year, if it was reversed, if, it was through, if we only had to wait three weeks, I would have just waited the three weeks instead of, but it was, like you said, five months or whatever it was. It was, uh, 
it was a long time. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that in time for Valentine's. So uh, not not quite uh, not quite for January. Uh, finally, I was hoping to give an update on what's happening with uh, Zed Tele, who do the French language mm -hmm. uh, broadcasts. They are in their second run through of series two. Um, and, and actually, they had a bit of a Doctor Who celebration on uh, just uh, just over a week ago before Christmas, where they showed uh, invasion, uh, the Christmas invasion and uh, l'invasion de Noël and uh, the Le Seigneur de Temps, which is the, the 1996 TV movie back-to-back -back on, uh, on the Friday night of December 22nd. So that was uh, their, their Doctor Who Christmas night, which I think was the same night the Sci-Fi Channel had their uh, big finale. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, they uh, we've had on. Uh, in fact, right now, as we're recording this, they're showing. Uh, I can't remember the French title, uh, but they're showing Idiot's Lantern right now in French. Uh, they don't have anything on their schedule for next year right now. You can't access anything after midnight tonight on the ZTLA website. So maybe next time I'm on, we'll have some more information on what their plans are for Doctor Who. They they skipped showing. Uh, the Cybermen two-parter, uh, Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. So I'm, I'm slightly worried that they've skipped a two-parter to go right to a one-parter, and then there's nothing on the schedule for next week. So I hope that doesn't mean they're wrapping up Doctor Who in French. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to sound alarm bells. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait, wait till tomorrow and see if they update their website and let us know uh, what the next episode's going to be. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, the, uh, that's that's everything I have for all of the okay. Canadian broadcasts of Doctor Who. Sorry, quite. Quite a lot of news this uh, this time around. Well, thank you so which much. Which is generally a positive thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, just a, um, a quick, some more quick television announcements. Um, we already mentioned Sarah Jane Adventures that are starting net tomorrow as we record this um, at four at four fifty p.m. in the UK. Uh, what is, is that BBC One or is that BBC? Um, I'm not sure now. I believe that's on BBC One, isn't it? I, I, I wasn't sure. It is. Yeah, okay. the Sergeant, yeah. And uh, on BBC Three, we have also tomorrow, New Year's, New Year's Day, is the Torchwood series finale. They're showing two episodes back-to-back, -back, and I'm not sure if I should give away uh, the titles, because that might give away the plot or whatever, but um, there are two episodes that will conclude the series that will be shown tomorrow. Um also on tomorrow, on Tuesday rather, the day after the first day after New Year's on BBC America, they're showing uh, two episodes back to back of uh, Christopher Eccleston's um, series, uh, Aliens of London and World War Three. They're making it as a, a two hour special by showing them back to back, and they're right now take they're in the middle of. Um, Christopher Eccleston series, and they're showing some. They they're going back to Rose, and they're doing some reruns to sort of catch up um, back to um, where they are now, which may be World War Three. I'm not sure. Um, and then they're going to continue on and conclude the series. Uh, they're also added Doctor Who to a science fiction lineup they have on Saturday nights. Um, with um, two other sci-fi genre shows that they're showing, um, which, um, anyway, so it's part of the, that makeup on Saturday nights, on sci-fi Saturdays for them. And, but they premiere them on Tuesday nights. So that, that wraps it up, really, for um, our television updates. So we're going to be um, right back, and we're going to come back with um, our feature segment, and we're going to um, have a review of the Chicago Tardis convention, 
as well as our review of The Runaway Bride. Hello, this is Professor McCoy, and you're listening to Potshock. I'm a jock. Hey, don't go jumping around the directory. We've got more coming up. We'll be right back. Me too, if I ever pass my exams. What was your name? Martha. Martha Jones. Rose, her name's. Not that you're replacing her. You never said I was. It started. Let her go! The Globe Theatre. It's the Shakespeare, isn't it? Very well dressed for a hitchhiker. Tonight, I'm going to perform a miracle. I'm 76 years old. All that drama to come when Doctor Who returns for a new series next year here on BBC One. How would you know if you were going mad? What if you see something that you know can't be happening? Brand new adventure from the makers of Doctor Who. Sarah Jane Smith. My life is dangerous. Find that woman and kill her properly. The Sarah Jane Adventures. New Year's Day at 10 to 5 on BBC One. Okay, break's over. Let's rejoin our regularly scheduled podcast. Okay, we're back with Doctor Who Podshock, episode 62. And um, I'm still here with our friends, um, our Canadian correspondent, Mike um, Duran. Um, did I get that right this time? Almost, almost. It's, it's Doran. Doran. Yeah. So I, so I botched it too, is what you're That's saying. That's Okay. <laughs> No, nobody. It's a simple name, but nobody gets it right. So you guys are in good company. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, fellow pot shocker Ken Deep, and we're you still. You, you pronounce that right, Lewis. Well, occasionally I stumble on the right pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter of you know mathematics that eventually I'll get it right. You know. <laughs> Put a, bunk, bun, a bunch of monkeys in a room uh, with a typewriter. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, still missing among us is um, is James Norton. Um, he's still in transit, or as Ken would say, on assignment. On assignment. Speaking of being on assignment, we had a fellow listener uh, send in his report on uh, Chicago TARDIS conventions, an annual convention that takes place um, 
in Chicago, surprise, surprise, <laughs> around the Thanksgiving Day um, holiday, and he, uh, uh, Raul and his friend Jason had sent in this report, and we're going to play it now, and I just want to forewarn you in case there's some audio problems with it, we're going to try to clean it up uh, for the um, in post-production, but in case um, we do apologize in, in case there's audio trouble during it. Hi, this is Raul and Jason, and we're here to review the Chicago Tardis Convention that we were able to go to on Saturday, November 25th, and it ran for three days. And on the day we were there, we were able to see Maureen O'Brien, Sophie Aldred, and Sylvester McCoy. Um, what did you think of the convention so far? Um, I definitely think the admission fee was a bit high. Um, I sort of understand why it is. I, it probably isn't cheap to bring all the celebrities from England, but um, still, uh, $45 for one day was a bit high. But um, the Sylvester McCoy presentation was pretty terrific, actually. Um, I'd never actually seen him before, so it was pretty much new to me. Yeah, he's actually really good. I'm, when yeah, he's good with an audience. Uh, it's like, yeah, he, he's really incredible at handling an audience. and He's very impressive. Yeah, he's fantastic, actually, and funny. Um, so, yeah, it was great seeing him, finally. Uh, yeah, when I saw him in, in Indianapolis so long ago, he, he pretty much did the same thing. He, he walked around the audience, and he, he really liked... Kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, but even though there wasn't too many kids there, and um, which I was surprised because past conventions I've seen a lot of kids. Yeah. Who was the one who asked him about the turtles? Yeah. <laughs> she asked him about whether he liked turtles or not. So yeah, I love. <laughs> um, the Sophie Aldred, we didn't get to see that much, but we caught. No, at the very end, yeah. So I, we didn't really listen to what she had to say. I mean, I don't even remember. I know she had her kids up there with her. Yeah, we got the, the very end with the kids. I think we were watching the invasion, weren't we? Right, we went to the invasion, um, which was our first time seeing it. With the that was terrific, too. Um, I actually will buy that DVD, I think, when it comes out. Yeah, the animation, I was kind of iffy about how the animation was going to come out, but it, it, actually it's really good. And It looks, yeah, it looked nice, and um, it's a uh, shame we didn't get to see the later animated episode, which actually has the Cybermen in it, because I'm kind of curious right. well, to I, see how they come off. It's such a long episode, though. I, mean, I forgot how many parts it is. Yeah, isn't it like seven or yeah, something? Close, I'm pretty sure it is seven. I, I'm not sure, but it's one of the longer ones. But I like how the animation, like, animated their faces. Yeah, I like it better than the old telesnaps um, with the audio. Yeah, they seem kind of dry. It was kind of like a Ken Burns documentary with the telesnaps. <laughs> you know, with the, the panning in and panning out. Right. Um, as far as Maureen O'Brien, 
she mostly talked about her her books. Right. And I don't really know anything about her books, so it was actually kind of informative and educational for me. I've never actually read the books. Right, and I guess uh, uh, they were they're mostly like detective novels of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really talk about anything from Doctor Who, like very little. Yeah, she talked a, yeah a bit about it, and um, there was a little bit about Hartnell and how he was really nice and easy to work with for her. Uh, it doesn't seem like he was for anyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we were just talking about Hart how mean he was at the beginning. <laughs> but um, um, what, what, who else did we see? We caught a little bit about the a little the season two overview. Yeah, season two overview, and that has Sean Lyon and a couple other people. Right, and they mostly seem to be talking about how it's all set on Earth uh, now, and uh, they don't really go into space. Seems to be a common complaint, I've noticed. Right, yeah, and uh, actually, I guess in the Christmas invasion, there's going to be a ship involved. What I read. Spaceship. Finally. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure where I stand on it, because a lot of the classic stories do seem to take place on Earth, at least a lot of my favorites do. Um, and they used to make jokes about it in Patrick Troughton. I think in the Web of Fear episode one, there's a joke about how we keep landing on your Earth. So um, <laughs> uh, they kind of always acknowledged that that you know everywhere they can go, they seem to end up on Earth because Earth is cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a stopping point for a lot of aliens, obviously. I, I wouldn't mind seeing more actual time travel in a different. Periods of Earth, though, but I guess we're getting that yeah, third season with uh, Shakespeare. So, Shakespeare kind of wonder if they're going to acknowledge um, some of his implied past encounters with Shakespeare. Um, I know City of Death, he talks about having um, transcribed the first folio of Hamlet or something. I wonder if we're going to see that. They're going to know each other or what. <laughs> so, what did you think of the deal? Some of it was overpriced, <laughs> actually. Um, and again, I guess I can sort of understand that because the prices were similar to what they would be if you ordered them from England with shipping. Um, you know, the action figure was, what, $25? And if you did order one from England with shipping, that's about what you would pay. But you can still get them through American websites and, and even eBay. Right, and you can get them at normal price. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping for more general British television stuff, uh, but there wasn't as much of that. It was very focused. The daily room wasn't that big. I mean, I had what? No, it was fairly small. I loved the guy who was selling the sci-fi paperbacks for, uh, uh, what, was it $2 a book? Yeah, it was uh, dirt cheap. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, that, 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 yeah, that, that was amazing, actually. It was a really great selection. I kind of wish I'd picked up all of the Space 1999 ones now. I know, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, and, I know, if I, if I find them in a bookstore around here, they'll be like $10 a piece or something. And the A-Team, I really wanted those. Oh, A-Team, yeah, wow. Um, I don't know what A-Team books would even be like. <laughs> I know. Okay, so overall, what did you think about the convention? The little time we spent there? It was good. Um, I don't know 
if I go regularly, um, I might go again if there's a really great guest or something. Um, yeah, I was saying I the same thing too. Like, I, think, I mean, I think I've seen most of the surviving doctors except for Tom Baker at, at, uh, at conventions, and you know, Tom Baker obviously isn't going to be doing it any time soon. Yeah, the only uh, doctor I haven't seen is uh, obviously the two old Yeah, probably was you know the last one I had seen before this, and that was over ten years ago um, in Indianapolis, actually, and. Uh, he was fantastic. And I saw Colin Baker, also in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, that, I, I saw Colin Baker here in Chicago. I that was right after he had gotten the part, too, when I saw him. So. Oh, yeah, that's pretty We hadn't actually seen his episodes here yet. So all we they knew was what we saw in pictures in the Doctor Who magazine. All right, so that pretty much... Uh, as for me, I thought the... Convention was small. Um, mm-hmm. I'm used. To, I guess since I haven't been to the Doctor Who convention so long, the last ones were the really big, gigantic Chicago ones. Right. And the- I'm not even sure if the ones that I went to before were actually bigger or if I was just younger. <laughs> I just seen bigger, bigger yeah. because I'd never seen anything like this before. So um, maybe that's it. I don't know. Alright, so overall, uh, we thought the convention was pretty good. The guests, at least Sylvester McCoy was great. Absolutely, yeah. The dealer room was so-so. Um, and then uh, whatever little uh, the other presentation we saw, we, we thought were pretty good. I like the video room. Um, video room was good. We had a good schedule. Yeah, the video room, I, yeah. Even though we didn't get a chance to see some of this stuff, but that's alright. Yeah, and this planet of the uh, or invasion of the dinosaurs. Unfortunately. All right, so that ends our review, and uh, back to Doctor Who Shot. Well, thank you so much, Raul and Jason. That was a. Uh, interesting report on the Chicago TARDIS. Uh, you know, anyone that goes to the... Unfortunately, um, the, the Podshot crew aren't at all these Doctor Who events and conventions and as much as we would like to be, but uh, but we always welcome your input and your reports and um, feedback on these shows and conventions and your experiences. Uh, always feel free to send it in uh, you know, to us and we'll, sh- we'll tell you how to do that in our feedback section. Um, but right now... Before we get carried away, we're going to run away with The Runaway Bride, which premiered uh, a a week ago, uh, just about. Someone's been digging. Oh, very tortured. Drilled by laser. Far down as it goes. Down and down. All the way to the center of the earth. Really? Seriously, what for? Dinosaurs. What? Dinosaurs. What are you on about dinosaurs? That film under the earth with dinosaurs. Trying to help. That's not helping. Such a sweet couple. Only a madman talks to thin air. And trust me, you don't want to make me mad. Where are you? High in the sky. Floating so high on Christmas night. I didn't come all this way to talk on the intercom. Come on, let's have a look at you. Who are you with such command? I'm the doctor! 
Prepare your best medicines, Doctor Man, for you will be sick at heart. Ragnos? That's impossible. You're one of the Ragnos. Empress of the Ragnos. So what did what did everyone think of the Runaway Bride, the second Christmas special of Doctor Who? Cricket, cricket. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I, I did. I enjoyed the Runaway Bride. It was it was fun. I, I I had it was entertaining. It was fun. Um, slightly disappointing uh, with the alien with the with the villain. I thought, and um, also some rehashing of stuff. But it's you know with this the Santa Claus, um, pilot fish, robots, whatever. Uh, which, okay, I think now they've run its course, so the next time we do a Christmas special, um, I think we can forego those. And um, once again, they're, they, they were featured, but not a, um, they were not, not the major villain in it. And um, I thought um, Catherine Tate did an outstanding job, um, loved her as Donner. It was good to have a feisty... Um, companion um, sort of echoes back to Tegan in a certain sense where she was not going to, um, you know, sh- she wasn't hesitant on talking back to the doctor and in fact had hit him a couple times as well. <laughs> but uh, it, it, overall, um, like I said, I, I, I did enjoy it. And um, I think it, it the pacing was better than last year. I th- it, it flowed better. At least I felt shorter, even though the running time I think is the same, but it felt like it was a shorter episode only because I think it the pacing, moved better. It moved yeah. better, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I wanna I wanna say I, I don't wanna say. In fact, I will say that I I, I did like it. I'm I'm hesitant to jump in too quickly uh, because I don't want to be overly negative. I, I didn't think it was quite as good as the Christmas Invasion, even though uh, even though David Tennant was great, uh, and we didn't get to see that much of him last year. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Catherine Tate was great, and it was funny. And in fact, I think about the first 35 minutes of The Runaway Bride are near perfect. I, I didn't mind the Santas coming back, and it was just, it was relentless in a way that Doctor Who doesn't always get to be. It was just one thing after another nonstop. And then, and then the, uh, the Empress showed up, and that really hurt my interest. I think I was, like Lewis, I was really, really disappointed in the... Uh, yeah. Really, in the, I, in, I mean, in the monster. I, I was too, but I, Mike, I really thought you were going to have a. Con- I thought you were going to have a <laughs> contrasting opinion because oh. kind of went different ways in a certain episode last series. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I, re- I, I thought she was. Th- that was the weakest part of the story, and that's what, why you know I, I would had liked it a lot more if that was handled differently. Yeah, the, and the with the sixty-minute format again, I think they didn't take full advantage. And uh, I, again, I, I got to say, I feel so bad saying putting out the negatives first, but they uh, they didn't take full advantage. Uh, so so often there are episodes that you wish were a bit longer, and here I I, I kind of actually wish it had been forty-five minutes. We get to that thirty-five-minute mark, and the, the villains unveiled, and there's still twenty-five minutes left to go. And and a lot of it is the the doctor talking to the empress with lots of exposition and lots of stuff going back and forth. That uh, again, it, it it couldn't hold me like those first thirty five minutes had me on the edge of my seat. And it really was fantastic action in those yes. thirty five minutes. I loved the the freeway chase sequence. I don't yes, care what anybody very, else says. It was fantastic. Very theatrical. Um, the, the first half of this was um, between the music and the action and the pace. Was very much like a like a motion picture. Yeah, 
and that that pace just slows down when the empress shows up. It's just unfortunate because it's supposed to be the big unveiling of the of the baddie, and yeah. it it ends up uh, being a, being a bit of a letdown. I mean, it's it's. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. Uh, that the last twenty five minutes aren't as good as the first thirty five. Oh, I and agree. I would have I would have loved to maintain that pace and and maybe if it had been a forty five minute story instead of sixty minutes and they'd you know sort of crammed the last twenty five minutes into ten minutes they would have had that frenetic pace right through right to the end. Uh, either that or have had more. I mean, I loved uh, I loved the little bit at the end uh, with with the Doctor and Donna. Just like last year, I loved the end of Christmas Invasion, which once the action was tied up, the Doctor spent Christmas on the Palace Estate, and and that was terrific. And, and maybe that's what we needed this year, a little more of that at the end. Maybe instead of just a couple of minutes, uh, a little more of a uh, you know some some character yeah, emotional type mm-hmm. moments right sure. at the end after the after the villain is destroyed. Yeah, I, I was expecting that actually, and was kind of surprised that we didn't get that. But then you know the Doctor had to make his his, his escape. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, Mike, I have to agree with everything that you said. I, I really, to me, I, I thought um, the weakest part in it was once the Empress, um, whatever her name is, the, the, the acronoid thing, the spider-like creature came, and it just, it just didn't hold water. It just, it seemed a little bit juvenile. It just, it, it and it, I don't know. It just didn't really yeah. swing it for me. Yeah, I, 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 I recognize the inconsistencies in my opinion that I find. Uh, flying a police box down the freeway to be entirely appropriate and I, the bit or the bit where uh, where Donna swings from the web and and ends up flat on the floor that's sort of slapstick stuff i find not at all juvenile but uh, yeah i didn't have a problem with one of, either <laughs> one of those i i had i mean we've seen the taurus move in space you know just last christmas invasion we saw a crash land so yeah. seeing it move you know it physically uh, in space isn't a you know anything new we've seen it in the classic series sometimes and you know not not as not as dramatically as the mill can do but you know yeah. it's it's still we've seen it so it's it's not your typical tardis movement you know it's usually you know dematerializes and rematerializes but it's something that i can accept here even um even though the ending i you know i I probably would have preferred it to just dematerialize, but maybe the doctor was just showing off whatever. And um, I know uh, Sean Huckster and I had a similar uh, feeling on, on, on that as well in the forums that we spoke about on our review of this. So um, it, it's, but really, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the villain that just didn't really, I didn't buy it. You know, it just seemed a little, and just the way she spoke and it was just, I had to watch it a second time to really catch her to really, because I think the first time around I was missing what she was saying and maybe it was the hour that I was watching it and um, the, 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 the way she spoke and all that. I had to kind of like watch it again to really capture it. Well, the parts yeah. for me that, that um, a, a few times have happened in the last year, the David Tennant era, um, villain-wise is that there's this uh, a human uh, henchman that just says, hmm, giant bug living uh, under our city and going to take over the world. Uh, I'll help him out. There's, there's, um, there's just a, a plausibility, a credibility issue with that. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, uh, as opposed yeah. to maybe his mind being sucked out by her, and he's a zombie. Um, he just, you know, says, "Okay, I'll, I'll help this giant spider that's going to take over the world." And yeah, you didn't buy. I, th- I think it, she- it just is. It's just a bit of 
a bit of a credibility yeah, issue. Yeah, the, 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 his uh, the the groom to be um, just didn't really, you know his commitment to the Empress Spider or whatever just didn't, wasn't believable. Yeah, but but Catherine Tate, I have to say, Catherine Tate was was fabulous. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm I'm not much of a fan of Catherine Tate. I don't don't really like her show very much. Never found her all that funny. Uh, but uh, she play she's terrific playing this character. And there's a couple of, I mean, I, off the top of my head, a couple of great moments. I love, actually, when they're on the segways, oh, uh, yeah. going, <laughs> uh, going in the underground tunnel, and the way that uh, Lance, Lance looks all concerned. Now, I don't know if he's acting because he's actually uh, uh, going to betray them, or he's genuinely scared uh, to be going where they're going. But when uh, the Doctor and Donna just burst out laughing, yeah, I thought that was a terrific Doctor Who moment, mm-hmm. and it shows that whatever is uh, whatever might be wrong with Donna in some of her, uh, say, I don't know, world knowledge or uh, uh, observational uh, qualities, she gets it, and yeah. that even at a very tense moment, she can burst out laughing and see the humor in that situation, and and I thought that was terrific, and as well at at the end, when uh, when the Doctor invites her to come along, even though. She's obviously going to be the most inappropriate companion. You can see the, that he's, he's lonely enough that he's even going to ask Donna to come with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she turns him down. I thought that was a very touching, uh, touching scene. I really like, really like that at the end. Because uh, she, had, she had some of the companion qualities and, and served well for the one story. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, and the, the doctor can see that, but he couldn't see anything else, I guess. Mm-hmm. And an interesting comment that she made that, you know, she, she, she would like to have him, you know, have the doctor have someone just to keep him, you know, just to hold him back at times. But uh, um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it the second time around more than the first. But again, that could have been I was watching it in the wee hours of the morning. I could have just been tired and just needed to kind of catch it again with a clearer mind. But um, it was a fun episode. Um, but a little disappointing, uh, maybe because of the, the long wait that we had for it and the anticipation for it, that could have played into it as well. So, yeah, I, I gave it a second. I gave it a second viewing as well, which you uh, be- very rarely do. That that's true. But I knew I was coming on the show today, so I actually rewatched <laughs> it uh, just this morning. I, I I also watched it quite late at night after a, a day walking the streets of Manhattan, as it happens, and uh, uh, was was a bit tired. So I, I give it a second I, viewing. I heard about this little walk in Manhattan you had. You bumped into uh, someone wearing a Podshock shirt, I heard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, did you hear about this? <laughs> Ken is like off somewhere. <laughs> He's like making pancakes in the kitchen or something. I stepped off for a second. Uh, yes, yeah, I heard about it, but, but please tell the story for those who missed it. Well, the, diverting a little from the Runaway Bride review, I guess, um, <laughs> I, I was walking along, I think it was uh, Saturday night, I think it was the 23rd, uh, one in the morning, I was walking uh, through uh, the East Village on, uh, on uh, 7th, on East 7th, and a guy, a guy walking towards me in a, in a Podshock hoodie, uh, as well, I was actually going to McSorley's uh, Tavern, and uh, I, I see this guy, and he's got the Podshock, and I just guessed it. <laughs> Terrace, <laughs> and and it turned out it was him. Uh, wow, that's incredible! By, um, it's it, it's 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 I think it's incredible. I ran into him. Not that I guessed that it was him, because I, I can't think of anybody else I would name in New York City <laughs> that I would expect to see in Manhattan wearing uh, one in the morning. Podshock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Harass is involved somehow in this Dalek invasion <laughs> of Manhattan. <laughs> 
Well, I was... He has something to do with it. <laughs> what is he, harboring Daleks? <laughs> well, he does post a lot of these Dalek pictures on our site. You know, it's no coincidence there. Yeah, well, I did. Uh, it was it was quite funny. And again, I, I mentioned on the forums. I thought maybe he didn't know who I was because uh, it. I didn't do a very good job explaining. It was just. It was all kind of surreal. <laughs> and uh, I sh- in retrospect, if even five minutes later, I was saying, "Oh, I should have taken a picture. I should have you know, preserved the moment." But mm. it was just a very quick, "Oh, hi!" And then, and then on our separate ways. I don't know where he was going. I was, I was going to a tavern that uh, ended up not getting to in time anyway before he closing. He was going but... to a meeting with Mavic Chen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if if I'd run, I did visit the the bar where Doctor Who New York meets while I was in New York, and if I'd run into somebody there, I wouldn't have been shot. It was just the, <laughs> the circumstances Gold. here. This, <laughs> uh, well, in fact, yeah, I, I did hear that Murray Gold has been there. So yeah, that's yeah. that's just an amazing story. Like, what is the what are the odds in a city as big as New York that you would be strolling down the street, someone would be coming in a pod shock shirt, and that you would correctly guess that person's name? <laughs> The only thing I could have topped it now, Mike, if you were wearing a Doctor Who Pachak shirt, <laughs> but that's a bit too much <laughs> to ask for. Yeah. Anyway, so. yeah, it was it was kind of funny, but the Runaway Bride hadn't aired yet, so we didn't get a chance to discuss that. Mm. Maybe our meeting would have lasted longer. <laughs> so, um, and and so like Donna, you were celebrating your well. Donna didn't actually fulfill her marriage, marriage, but you were uh, celebrating your wedding anniversary, I, I believe, in Manhattan. <laughs> Actually, yes, it was. It would, in fact, that would have been on. My, it would have been my anniversary by then because it was after midnight. Hmm. So once again, happy anniversary! Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, my so uh, our annual our, anniversary um, trip. Yeah. Let's give our TARDIS groans portion of the review of Runaway Bride, and um, I, I'm going to go straight out and say I'll give it four out of five. And I think actually the three of us are in agreement as to uh, you know why we we had a. Uh, issues with the runaway bride and that is mostly the the monster i think that was pretty much yeah. the the only thing that kind of let it down but the the four stars mostly for uh david tennant and Catherine tate whose performances were were on point the action was excellent um the story moved at an excellent pace the music murray gold of course nothing less than spectacular uh the humor was good and uh, just really just the, the the monster really was um yeah, that was that. That's was the only part yeah. where, where, like Mike said, very appropriately, just everything seemed to come. The, the brakes got put on the minute the monster came out. Yeah, and and I would have to agree. Though I'm, um, I, I can't really bring it to four. I, it, if, um, if if the monster, if the alien, the 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 villain was a little bit handled better, maybe I'm giving it three and a half Tardis drones, and um, I'd like to give it four, but I just, it just I just can't, and um, it's because of that. And uh, but it, I echo everything that we already said, and it was um, it's still an enjoyable episode, still a fun episode. I still uh, enjoy Catherine Tate in it as Donna, and um, we had um, another musical treat in this episode um, performed by Neil Hannon, who's on the uh, Love Don't Roam, and that's um, that's on the soundtrack. I finally got the soundtrack, by the way, not to detour too much here. I know everyone else has gotten theirs. Mine was sort of delayed. So I got the soundtrack along with the little badge. Um, it's pretty cool and I highly recommend it to our uh, listeners. And it's the Marigold Doctor Who soundtrack. So if you haven't picked it up, it's something that's available in the UK on iTunes and I, probably some other digital sources. But if you pick up the CD, you'll get the chance to get that little badge. 
Um, uh, and, and just yep. a, a, a weird thing. I, I'm sorry. We're going to get right back to the Runaway Bride. But um, did any have you looked at the booklet in the soundtrack at all? There's this. No, I didn't. Towards the centerfold, the page right before the centerfold, there's a picture of David Tennant's half of his face and and um, and um, uh, um, oh my God, Rose is is completely cropped out. It's just the weirdest picture. It, I'm assuming it was intentional, but it, it it's just very strange. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if mine was like a misprint or something like that. But if you guys haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's like right towards the center. It's not the centerfold. It's the page before the centerfold. Um, back to the Runaway Bride. And I'll hand it to Mike. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lewis. And I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. I think the... Uh, as ever, we've all said about the monster, I thought, uh, but I thought David Tennant was great, and I thought we saw an entire episode of the 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 Tenth Doctor uh, that we saw that we didn't see enough of in series two. And if you go back to Christmas Invasion, uh, my friend Graham always describes there's there's two Tenth Doctors in the Christmas Invasion, and uh, in a way, there's the that's the kind of man I am, Tenth Doctor, and then there's the oh look, a big button, Tenth Doctor, <laughs> and we saw too much at times of the big button, Tenth Doctor, and not enough of that's the kind of man I man I am. Mm-hmm. And this episode was an entire story of that Tenth Doctor, uh, and I really liked that, and in, in the intensity and the uh, somebody you might even call the arrogance of the Tenth Doctor when it comes to. Uh, is uh, how he handles things and how he believes how how he feels he has the what he has the right to do. Yeah. Uh, sort of from a, an ethical point of view, and and I like that I like that aspect of the character. So where, where yeah. he has no one to answer to, and he, there's no other higher authority than himself. Yeah, he's the 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 final uh, the final word in intergalactic hegemony. Sort of, he's the he doesn't have to answer to anyone, and and I like that aspect of the character, uh, and that that seems. In such a stated way, it seems particular to the Tenth Doctor. It's not new for the Doctor. It's, oh, the Doctor's always had some element of that, but it's a, a strong, a strong part of the of his character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and of course, and, and Catherine Tate was great. So yeah. So three and a half uh, would have done better. Maybe a bit shorter with a slightly different uh, monster at the end, or even if it was the same length with a different monster. Or, I just or, or, uh, or at least handled differently. I don't. It just it just didn't really. You know. I don't know. It, it, yeah, and I think that. Yeah, I guess beating it, beating the dead horse a bit, but the the Empress having her on screen for so long just made it uh, a bit weaker. You know, if if we'd seen less of her, even even as that monster, I think uh, uh, would have held up a bit better. But I just uh, again interest interest waned a bit. I, Overall, I yeah, I, I'm I'm hey, I'm glad they made it. I still mm-hmm. had a great time watching it. I mean, I, I realize it is christmas it's the holiday and i guess they didn't want to make it make the, the heavy too heavy and um but it just seemed too juvenile i would prefer something a little stronger and a little more menacing and more threatening and i i just didn't find her to be either of those all right well yeah. um we're gonna get james's take on it once james returns and so and anyone else that has comments about the runaway bride feel free to send it in and uh, we're gonna go to our feedback section after this break and hear what other people had to say, not necessarily about The Runaway Bride, but what other people had to say about Doctor Who. We'll be right back.
Hold it right there. Don't touch that podcasting control lever. We'll be right back. Songs from the Black is a collection of songs inspired by Joss Whedon's Firefly, previously podcast on The Signal and featuring music you won't find on any other album. This collection contains music from Michelle Dockery, Sheena Harden, The Firefly Music Project, Sharon B., and many more. Songs from the Black is available for free download. There are a number of different ways you can get hold of it. You can download it as one single low-res MP3 file or as individual songs at higher bitrate. You can subscribe to an old-fashioned static podcast feed, or you can subscribe to our new smart podcast feed, which will deliver all of the songs in the right order, starting from track one, whenever you want them delivered. For all these options, visit The Signal's website, www.serenityfirefly.com, and click on the link that says Songs from the Black. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to The Signal itself. Season 3 launches January 18th. Songs from the Black is available now. The The verse verse just just got got bigger. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock, uh, number 62. Ken Deep here, along with Louis Trapani and Mr. James Durin. Did I say it this time? Oh, James. Sorry, Michael Durant. <laughs> I'm forced to have it saying James. Oh, James, I miss you. That, that's good. That's okay. <laughs> Mike is saying close enough. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Say it again, Mike, so we get it correct. I, I'm really easygoing. It's, it's Doran. Doran. Okay. And uh, from Toronto, <laughs> Canada, Mr. Mike Doran. Yay. Perfect. All right. <laughs> So um, this is our uh, regular feature of feedback on our show, and there's many ways you can send us feedback. Of course, our email address is feedback at podshock.net. You can send us audio or text message feedback, but this this is an audio podcast, so we do prefer audio. And um, so you can email it to us, or you can use the the Podshock public call box, and that's 206 888 who and that translates to 206-888-4946. That's a U.S. Um, area code, so just be aware of that. And you can also send us your audio feedback via Skype or the Gizmo Project, and that's um, the, the, the address for that is simply Podshock. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So we have some, um, we have some audio f- uh, feedback that we're going to play tonight or to this morning or this afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to us. And um, the first up is um, Troy in New Jersey. And um, this is what Troy um, had to say. Hey, what's going on, Lewis, Ken, and James? Uh, This is Troy from New Jersey. Uh, Just a uh, kind of a uh, late addition to the uh, uh, podcast family. Um, Podshockers is a great show. Uh, I uh, actually stumbled across it on uh, online while looking for audio adventures and stuff and uh, was just blown away by how good it was. Um, added my uh, little guy on the frapper map there. Um, I knew I missed a whole bunch of episodes, so I originally started with 56 and uh, went back to 1, and now I'm all caught up on whatever you're on, like 59 or 58, I think it is. But I uh, uh, just thought I'd uh, mention that uh, my favorite doctor was uh, Patrick Shrouton. thought he was great. 
the villain that I kind of want to see to come back uh, in the new series, if they have one, is uh, um, I'd like to see the Zygons come back. Maybe the Celestial Toymaker. I'm kind of a big nut for that episode. It's a great episode. Um, just got a couple opinions on the Sci-Fi Channel. I send a lot of feedback to the Sci-Fi Channel, telling the uh, people at Sci-Fi that I enjoy the new series because it's a, uh, you know, just a great lineup with the heroes, Doctor Who and Battlestar Galactica on Friday night. But I'm just slightly annoyed at the fact that they don't, you know, put in the new trailers every week, which really drives me insane. But um, hey, I guess Doctor Who's back on the uh, back on the tube, so you know, and it's on uh, BBC America, so I guess you know. <laughs> I can't have everything, but I'm happy anyway. So I uh, just want to say keep up the great work. Love the show and never miss it. And um, you guys are great, man. So uh, have a great day. Bye. Wow, thank you so much for the, the great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so Celestial Toymaker, that would be, that'd be uh, a, a great, just a, a great throwback to the black and white era. I'm a huge fan of the black and white mm. era. So nice to hear someone uh Showing the love to Patrick Troughton as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. you know it's, it's it's good to hear you know people that are their favorite doctors is the second doctor. And and actually, I agree one hundred percent with um, his comment about the trailers being edited out of the Sci Fi Channel yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. It's very disappointing because it's almost it's almost part of the episode Agreed. where you get to the cliffhanger yeah. and then they tease you with the next one and then the credits roll and. But no, they got to get their, you know, their squeezes in, their plugs, and mm. and their little, you know, coming up next, and don't forget they've got it's, Eureka. It's such an exciting part of the episode. Once you finish, you know, watching your new episode, just to see what's coming up next and what you have to look forward to, and it builds anticipation. And you'd think, yeah. from a marketing point of view, that it's it's like built in that yes. you would come back mm-hmm. next week. Exactly. Yeah. I- I was happy. CBC uh, left uh, all, has left all of the uh, the BBC trailers in at the end of the episodes, which is uh, and I which haven't has been seen nice. the BBC America broadcast yet. Have uh, ha- did they leave the trailer in? Does they, any, did, I, have you seen it? Well, I um, I'm not sure if they have the trailer at the end of the episode. I know they have their. They, I have to give BBC America a lot of credit because they do promote the series uh, fairly heavily during. You know, if you're watching uh, other, you know, anything on BBC America, you're you're bound to see an ad for Doctor Who on it, and um, you know, it could be. You know, it, it, you don't even have to be watching something sci-fi related. It could be, you know, absolutely fabulous or you know whatever you happen to be watching on BBC. Um, um, it could even be. Um, oh my God, what was I just watching? Um, Are you being served? You know, and they'll show. They had an ad for the the, the two hour special that they're they're doing. You know, uh, Aliens of London and um, World War Three, and and they they do a nice job in putting together promos for the series. And and like I said, they do promote it heavily. I'm not sure if they show the the BBC trailers. They may. I have a feeling they may kind of um, edit their own trailers or promote promos at the end of the show. Possibly they may squeeze the credits down and, and show in a half the screen, you know, their own promo for next week's episode. I think that's what they do. I'm not sure, though. But I, I do agree with Troy um, with the Zygons as well. It'd be nice. You know, even though they've only they're, they're like a one story um, alien that they, they seem to. Ha- um, and I know we spoke about this in the past on Doctor Who Podshock, but they, they seem to have a certain. um they seem to have an icon status in Doctor Who aliens, you know, as a, like an established alien, um, maybe because their unique look and the design of them and going back, you know, it's just like a, it's when you think of Do- Doctor episode. Who creatures, you, yeah. they, they always pop up. 
And there's been rumors of, you know, nothing that we can point a stick at and say, yes, this is going to happen. But it's, there have been rumors of such, but nothing but a rumor at this point. All right, so we're going to, um, we have um, a regular caller who's um, sent in a couple um, messages to us. Um, we'll just, um, just, for the sake of brevity, we'll, sh we'll play them back to back. This is um, Scott McCallan from Tulsa, Oklahoma. As I said, he's a regular. You'll recognize his voice. And this is Scott. This is the Scott 750, Scott McCallan from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just listening to your latest uh, pod, Chuck, number 60. I know I've probably said this something dozen times before, but I still think it'd be kind of smooth to see them take today's actors and put the, to remake the old Missing Adventures. And if it ever gets around to having the Time Lords back in the uh, series, they should introduce him, but yet you don't know it's a fellow Time Lord till the end of the adventure. And secondly, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you guys mentioned this or not, but in Big Finish, they've got a contest going on till January 31st that you write a story with, I believe it's 250, uh, 250 words, I might be off on the count, but they've got a contest going to where you write a story using everybody from the first through only the uh, eighth doctor, and they, and then at the end they'll pick whether they get it done in the short trip section. Well, once again, this is D Scott seven fifty, babbling out. Bye. This is D Scott seven fifty. Just wanting to say I've returned from my math class, and it is. 2,500 words, repeating, I have returned from my math class, and it is 2,500 words in which the Big Finish short trips uh, contest is using. Once again, D-Scott 750, ciao. Going back to his first, um, what he first spoke about, in terms of the missing episodes and having today's, um, having those episodes, those stories, remade with today's actors um i'm not sure if that's really necessary i always said you know since we have the audio from everything um why not do what they're doing similar to uh the invasion dvd that's that's either out now or coming out depending where you live um and and you could do animated um versions using the original audio because uh i would really like to hear you know and, and the original audio from those adventures and um, or possibly, I mean, what they did with um, Big Finish did an interesting thing with Shatter. They had um, Paul McGann, uh, you know, do a version of Shatter, and uh, um, which was a Tom Baker story, which was incomplete. And Paul McGann, they did a story retelling that story, obviously with Paul McGann. Um, so it can work, you know, it's as as that story proves. Um, but like I said, since we do have the audios. Uh, I would like to see them maybe do something in terms of what they're doing with the, the Invasion um, DVD. Yeah, I thought, uh, first of all, I think in the Invasion uh, animation is great, and that, that, that's a terrific release. And uh, if you're in Region 2, pick it up. If you're in Region 1, pick it up when it comes out. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like we're not going to get any more animated episodes anytime soon. Uh, Steve Roberts from the Restoration team posted on their forum that... Uh, 
budget-wise uh, for the invasion. The work apparently a lot of the work was actually paid for by James Goss and the, the folks at B BBCI. Mm -hmm. And that's how they were able to do that for the DVD. The the returns on the sales of a DVD, unfortunately, on, on your average DVD for this is your average old series Doctor Who DVD release, just won't cover the mm -hmm. the cost of animating another story or more episodes in another release, which is uh, which is really unfortunate because I thought Invasion was was yeah. terrific. I really like to see. So I mean, I, I still haven't. I haven't seen Invasion yet, but I just a little bit that I've seen of it. I still really like to see that done with other episodes. Yeah, it's, it's it's really disappointing news uh, that uh, I read last week on the Restoration Team forum. Now, why can't like um, Bill Gates be a big Doctor Who fan or someone with deep pockets and like just kind of donate, make a foundation to kind of <laughs> and get these things restored back to um, where we'd like to, you know, where we can enjoy them visually as well as audio. Yeah, and of course, and of course, uh, all the guys or most of the guys doing all this work uh, for these are already Doctor Who fans, and you know they're already going above and beyond. Uh, yes. but it's it's yeah, still pretty it's it's, it's quite expensive yeah. to to do the work so it's uh who knows i mean maybe maybe once they've got everything else done it'll happen uh i guess i, I never like i never like it when anybody says never but mm -hmm. it doesn't look like any time too soon we'll get uh uh you know the animated massacre we've been waiting for <laughs> so everyone buy <laughs> the invasion dvd let's let's make it worthwhile to them it's coming out well, in in the um, I'm, I'm assuming it's a, a joint uh, release date in both Canada and the U.S. It's um, yes. March six, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and that's uh, 2007. And um, so and, and, and it's already first, out in the U.K. in, in region we're two. We're getting our first two-parter on DVD at the same time, uh, which is gonna, very curious to see how the sales on a, a two-part. Yeah, DVD speaking of Santarans, um, the Santaran experiment. Yeah, which says is, they've called it a vanilla release, uh, in that it doesn't have as many extras as as most Doctor Who DVDs. But Santarn Experiment is still packed. It's got a commentary. It's got mm -hmm. a documentary as long as the story. And it's priced uh, accordingly, the, though. At least in the U.S., yeah. it's it's not very. It's only like around ten and change or something, or around that price yeah, I think point. it's. I think, I think it's, it was uh, a fourteen ninety nine retail. But anybody who orders uh, online knows you don't yeah. pay retail price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, the price reduction, uh, price reduction everywhere on the shorter, shorter release. No complaints there. Just get nope. those episodes out. <laughs> that that really does it for voicemail. We do have one email that. Um, well, we have actually more, um, but we're running out of time, so we have a short email. And the reason why I'm I, I'm including this. This was actually sent to to me, but. I don't really have an answer, and I'm hoping that maybe some of our listeners may. Anyway, so this is from Bill, and he writes, Hi there. I have every Podshock episode in my iTunes podcast library except one, episode uh, 58. For some reason, I can't download it, through, uh, download it through iTunes. I've downloaded both files from the Podshock website and attempted to add them to the library, uh, which would show up presumably, in the podcasting listing. Instead, the episode is added to uh, my music library instead of the Podshock podcast library. Can you help? Um, thanks, Bill. And he's been a fan since 1981 um, in Huntsville, Alabama. So, Bill, I know exactly... Well, first of all, I don't know why you're encountering problems downloading it through iTunes because all our episodes are all sitting on the same server. So if you're downloading it, you know, if you're able to download it from our site, you should be able to download it from iTunes as well because they're both pointing to the same thing. Uh, I'll, 
double check it, but I, that should be the case. But I've see I've I had this happen to myself where I've gotten a podcast episode without um, subscribing it to from it you know to it from iTunes and added to iTunes and it doesn't show up in the podcasting library and that's probably because when it does download through iTunes iTunes um, puts like a, a tag on that particular file that's not accessible to edit you know in other words there's no way to manually edit this tag even if you select podcasting as genre it still doesn't go into the podcasting library it just goes into your main library um, if anyone has a a tool out there a utility or something that can um, th that can somehow change that tag uh, in the file so that it shows up in the podcasting um, library please let us know and we'll you know let let bill know as well and let our listeners know um, so thanks I'm sorry I couldn't help but I, that's why I wanted to edit you know put it in today's podcast just to get it out there in case someone does have an answer because um, just because we don't have all the answers doesn't mean the answer is not out there and someone else <laughs> knows it. And that was proven in our last episode when we could um, absolutely <laughs> find something. Ken, I think you were looking for a few things. You know, come to think of it, I, I might as well just put a classified ad up on a bunch of things that I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, uh, yes, sir. I, I, I'm that's that rounds out the feedback. Uh, once again, feel free to send us feedback at uh, podchock. Uh, I'm sorry, feedback at podchock. Net or um, use the public call box two zero six eight 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 four who uh, through Skype. Use uh, podchock as your address, and um, we're always um, interested in what you're saying. And um, audio is preferred, but any all feedback is welcomed. And um, we do answer. And we do appreciate it. Yeah. it it's it's uh, it's definitely the only way that we have. Well, well one of two ways that we have of, of measuring um, the show. One is the amount of downloads we get, and two is the the feedback that we get. Uh, the amount of downloads is strictly a number. It says, okay, you have X number of people who are, you know, listen uh, who are downloading the show. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're listening to it or they like it. But when you send in some feedback, it's. Uh, Usually it's a lot more specific, and, and it's just great to hear. It's great to hear where people are coming from and uh, some of their stories about either listening to Podchock or their stories about Doctor Who. It's, it's, uh, we've always said that the show is a shared experience, that Podchock is a, is a shared experience, and, and, and it is. And our way of sharing your stories is through the feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, so... Um... I want to wish everyone a happy and healthy and um, rocking, rocking new year. I feel like Dick Clock now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, it was a, a fun year. It was an exciting year, and we have more fun and excitement ahead of us. And it doesn't look like the the fun machine at Doctor Who is letting up anytime <laughs> soon. So, um, and we're hoping to get back on our regular schedule once again. I know this past month and a half has been a bit sporadic with Podshock episodes, but uh, we're hoping to iron that out and get back to our regular schedule. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for being on our show once again. Uh, great to be here. Happy New Year, guys. Yes, thank you. And once again, happy, happy anniversary. Happy New Year to you, to everybody. And uh, 2006 is uh, wrapping up. In 2007, Series 3 and 427 Doctor Who spinoffs later. <laughs> well, let's do this again next year this time. Okay, that's a date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, everyone. All right, take it easy. Cheers. Again. See ya. Bye-bye. Oh,
Listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. are not necessary. My children may feast on Martian flesh. Oh, but I'm not from Mars. Then where? My home planet is far away and long since gone. But his name lives on. Gallifrey. They murdered the Ragnarok! I warned you. You did this. No! No! Don't!